So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. You are in for a treat today because I have a rock star uh, as a guest, uh, Mr. Michael Blanc. He has one of the, one of the best top-rated podcasts that I know about. Um, I listen to him a lot, and uh, he has an amazing story. Uh, he's an amazing guest. And so, Michael, welcome to the show, brother. Corey, thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about uh, multifamily and, and uh, kind of the journey, right? And uh, let's, let's kind of uncover and unpack your story a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I had a similar background that many have. I was never surrounded by entrepreneurs. So I went to school, got my good grades, got a well-paying job with benefits. That was my track. And I, I didn't really realize I was a, a, an entrepreneur until much later in life. Um, I have a software background. I'm highly educated. And I joined the software startup in 97 called Web Methods. That was the right place, right time. And three years later, went public. It was the most uh, successful software IPO at, to its time and put a bunch of money in my pocket. And that was great. And my idea was to be a CEO of a software company until I read Rich Dad Poor Dad in 2004. And I was like 34 years old at the time. Uh, and I was like, oh my God. I, I thought I was a pretty smart guy. And maybe I am. But I, after reading that, that book, I felt so stupid. And I was, I really, I just threw everything out of the window. I was like, my gosh, it doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank, how what my salary is. It's all about passive income. And I was getting very little passive income. So I decided to quit the whole thing and pursue passive income to, now I had a good amount of money in the bank, but it wasn't enough to like retire forever. Like I couldn't like right. live off the interest. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to implement what Kiyosaki uh, teaches in the book, which is cash flow business and real estate. And yep. sometimes they're one of the things, same thing in my mind, they're two separate things. The cash flow business, I went into the restaurants. I did a, a pizza franchise because I was surrounded by burger franchisees. And they're like, oh, it costs this much to open. We're going to hire a guy to run everything. And I'm just going to sit back and, and count the passive income. I'm like, that's what I want. <clears throat> so my big idea, Corey, was to take my software millions and plow it into the restaurants. That was it. Real estate was a little bit of an afterthought. So I, 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 you know, yes, I, I signed up with a mentor and I started sending out my postcards, putting up the bandit signs at six in the morning and flipped some houses, which was cool. Took apartment boot camp. I learned how to trade stocks and options. I mean, I was hook, line and sinker in the search for financial freedom. So fast forward a little bit. I subsequently lost myself for millions with the restaurant business. Put oh, myself in a really bad, really bad situation with no more cash and $200,000 in debt and almost running out of debt. So any liquidity, almost lost my house and really clawed myself out of it through some house flipping and some apartments I had. And well, hold on, hold on, man. I got to pause. <laughs> you run over there like it was, you went from, you had a bunch of money, you got into, you, 
got into the restaurant business and, and invested in some of that to almost to losing it in the equivalent to all and being in debt and, and looking out of that saying, gosh, how am I going to how am I going to fix this? Right. And, and you put your 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 nose to the ground and then you start buying some single family flips and then you started some multifamily stuff. Right. I, I did. I was I was kind of doing things at the, at the at the same time. Wow! And the only reason I only reason I really I was able to, to to flip it around was because I was finally able to sell some of the restaurants, put very little cash in my pocket, but most importantly, stop the bleeding. I was losing like fifteen thousand dollars a month at one point, and wow. it was it was unsustainable, and I couldn't sell these restaurants, and it was it was unbelievable. And you're thinking in my mind, oh, the restaurant's worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars, going to cost me three hundred to open. And by the time you're done, you sold it for $33,000 cash. And you're like, oh, and of course, this takes like nine months for you to figure out that the market is somewhere completely different for your money losing restaurant that's seven years old. And it was a pretty painful experience. And um, so really, I mean, the shift really for me was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I literally, I mean, I had been uh, self-employed for seven years at the time. And I was like, well, who the hell is going to hire me? First of all, and what job would I do? Because I really enjoy this. I enjoy that. I really need to be hired as a CEO. Well, who the heck is going to hire me on a CEO? No one. So I decided, uh, you know, I was like, you know, dear Lord, what literally like, what should I do? And while I was failing at the time, I had actually had some successes and I learned a lot. I learned how to raise money. I learned how to flip houses. I bought an apartment building. Uh, I did all these things. Um, and I got the strong impression that I should share with others how you know I did these. In particular, one success factor was really apartment buildings because it was the one that was quietly sending me mailbox money while I was you know trying to plug the the, the leak on the on the sinking ship, trying to trying to make money on the house flipping side, which was obviously a lot of work as you as you know. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it's apartment building just sending me mails. And I was like, oh, you know, and I raised. That was the first time I'd raised money for uh, for something. And because I didn't have any money, it was all deployed in these restaurants now. And so I decided to blog about it on the bigger pockets and, you know, and I put up an ebook on how to raise money and I kind of went from there and people downloaded the ebook and they bought my analyzer and they're like, and they were asking me questions. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it kind of evolved from there. And, and the shift for me really was while it was, it was a really bad business plan, the whole blogging thing, there really was none, but it turned into one, right? The, the, yeah. So while I figured out that I'm going to shift my house flipping business to more apartment buildings and syndication, you know, looking at everything I've done, it was the one that checks off the most boxes. Passive, yeah. So, so you know, you do mostly multifamily today, right? That's the only thing I do. Yeah. And, 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 but, and why, why did you settle on the multifamily? Like what? Yeah. What's the difference a, between? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the, the nice thing about the, uh, flipping houses is that you're working for yourself and that's, that checked the major box. But what happens and what most people don't realize is, you're actually swapping one job for another because even and I read all the books. I had a team in place. I had someone handling my closings. I was having a general contractor. I, I bought houses site on C and through whatever. It's still a boat ton of work, as you know, and yes. it's very little. It's, it's very, it's very active. And then the general contractor quits. He gets run over by bus. He's sick. There's always something you got to worry about. And I didn't like that about uh, the, the single family. The other thing I didn't like, I, I, I didn't like that I couldn't control the value. There was always the after repair value that was highly dependent on the market. And as in the crash, you saw the ARVs crash within six months. Yeah, I mean, it was down. unbelievable. And I had no control over this. And, it, right? and with multifamily, you control the value by controlling the rental income of the expenses. Uh, let's see what else. Um, financing. For multifamily, I can get millions and millions of dollars for hardly any interest at all at 80% loan of value, and I don't have to personally guarantee it. I couldn't do that with the houses. 
Um, no, they make you personally guarantee everything. Yep. And I don't know if you've gotten a loan for anything personal lately, but I have. And dude, it was like, I mean, I had to give blood, like DNA samples. <laughs> yeah. Yet yeah. I can go get millions of dollars in apartments easily. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it, it's amazing, it's like, right? And, wow. And the, other, the other thing, and this is the most important thing, Corey, when I was thinking about what I wanted, like I, I had to become really clear what I wanted. And it wasn't that I wanted to get into real estate investing. That's kind of what I've been saying, but really underlying it was really, I want to control my time, right? I, I want to have, you know, the spurious thing called financial freedom, which doesn't mean I'm going to sit on the sand all day and on the beach all day, but it's, it's, it, it means that I can control how I spend my time. Now, yes. with single family houses, as someone that built a portfolio and stuff that you've done, you know that after a certain size, you are now become a slave to the operation. And, oh, that, and, and that's what I had become. And, and that wasn't appealing to me. So, so really, the multifamily was uh, the way to achieve that passive. And I don't believe there's, nothing, there's no such thing as 100% passive income, but it's highly, highly leveraged, right? For every hour you put into it, you have potentially hundreds of thousand dollars coming out the other end. And that's what we couldn't get with a, with a single family house. So you put it all together. You put the check boxes next to each other. And the multifamily checked off so many boxes. Yeah. Uh, the, but the, there's problems, right? People, people always tell me, oh, that's great, Michael. But you know what? I don't have the experience or the cash to do that. And somehow you magically figured out how to do it. And you know what? Why don't let, let me flip houses for the next seven years and I'll take that experience and the money I make, and then I will transition into apartments. And as you know, that's actually not necessary. That's a bad mistake, right? That's a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. Because <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. I, I said that for, for a while. And I, the, my only regret is that I wish I would have started earlier, you know, in the multifamily segment and just well, focused on it. But you, you and I both, we feel we can go back 10 years and speak to our younger selves. But Corey, you know, you and I are making up for it now by your podcast and my podcast and, and trying to show people that you don't need to do five to 10 years of single family house investing. You can actually hey, get Let's started. give your podcast a plug. What's the name of your podcast? <laughs> oh, it's called Apartment Building Investing yeah. with Michael Blanc. That's, yeah, uh, you've got to go check that out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great podcast, man. I mean, hey, listen, I believe in like, you should listen to all podcasts in your subject. If there's good ones out there, and you've got a great one. Oh, thank you, Corey. I appreciate that. And yeah, no problem. Uh, obviously, if any of my listeners are listening to this, because I'll probably put it on YouTube, check out yours because uh, you have really provided a ton of value in the same way. And you know what? It helps for multiple people to say the same thing, frankly, yeah. right? And so you hear it from Corey, you hear it from validation, Michael. right? That's right. And uh, we're not we're not all making this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and really, because a lot of times they say, well, you know, you look at your story. You know, you went from almost zero. To where like, you know, you had money and then, and then you're like, oh, to the spot and you're still able to get out of it. And real estate is the vehicle. And then, but once you realize that uh, it's the cash flow, and I, really, I love the way you said that, it really is about the cash flow, right? When you start getting that mailbox money to show up for work that you did a long time ago, man, that's a, that's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. And, 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 and you know, you're also building long-term wealth, right? But, but right now in your position, you don't really care about the, you know, the $1.5 million you're creating five years down the road. You, what you want right now is you want to control your time, which means you normally need to recover your living expenses. And the only way to do that is passive income. Yeah. And, and there's nothing better in the world than uh, multifamily. Michael, yeah, I know you obviously feel strongly about multifamily uh, to become financially free with real estate, right? But, but why don't you think more, more people do it? Why, 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 why don't more people do it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, people in their people's uh, several reasons. One is everybody else around them is doing single family and that's what's being taught. And all the you know, uh, local RIA meetings, 
98% of what people do there. Uh, and then there's the advanced guys, right? Doing the multifamily. So people in their minds think that multifamily is something that's very advanced, uh, something that, again, they can aspire to when they grow up. And it really boils down to two major objections that people have. One is uh, they think they don't have the experience and they get and they get it by single family house investing. And the other one is they don't have the capital to put in, which again, they think they will get by single family house investing. And neither of those things are true. I don't know what it was like for you, but when I transitioned from single family to apartments, like brokers was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you flipped 36 houses, but what apartments have you done? I'm like, well, none, but look at that. <laughs> look at the, and no one would give me in, any credit for that. So number one, it doesn't actually buy anything. And, and number two, you can overcome both in relatively short order. Yes, short order. And because because multifamily, it's a whole different language. Like not only is it a whole different deal, but like the brokers, everything's a different language. So it doesn't transfer as well. It really, it's just different, right? And so you're better off just to start getting into it now and going through it. I mean, and it's really not as complicated as most people believe it is. That's right. I mean, it's a matter, it's really a matter of two things. One is education, uh, and, you know, I have training courses, Corey, you have training courses, others have training courses. It doesn't really matter where you go to. The point is educate yourself so using the right language and then build a team around you. When you build a team around you, you're talking, you're talking about yourself, not in terms of you and your shortcomings, but about the team you've built. Oh, oh, you're working with Frank. Oh, Frank's a great guy. I've done, you know, you've got this property manager who manages 5,000 units in whatever Memphis. And you call the broker up and then they say, well, who are you? I say, well, I'm so-and-so, but I'm working with Frank. And they're like, oh my gosh, Frank's a great guy. I've done a bunch of deals with him. And all of a sudden, they're not talking about you anymore. They're talking about Frank and the team that you built. And so before you know it, all of a sudden, you get to borrow all their experience. So within, I'd say, probably four, five, six weeks, you will appear as an experienced multifamily investor, even though you aren't. So that's what I love. So like that leads me to my next question in a way is how could, you know, in your opinion, how can the average person get started with multifamily? You know, even if they don't have experience around cash, which is, you just alluded to one piece of it, but uh, you know, can you, I think you've got some secrets maybe hopefully that you can give us. <laughs> There's really two secrets. One is overcoming that, uh, that experience hump. And at the core of that really is education. And, and you know, you can learn all these things. You know, if the other key critical component is learning how to raise money. Like when I first got started, I didn't even know you could raise money. The only reason I got into it, I didn't have any more money. It was all deployed in the restaurants. This was when the restaurants were actually still going well. And yeah. I wanted to get into house flipping and I didn't, I had deployed all my capital. So I was like, well, if I'm going to buy this, what is this, this house, I can buy this thing for $65,000. I'm putting 30 into it. I'm into it for $100,000. They're selling on the MLS for $150,000. Like I need to get me that. How do I get myself that? without yeah. any money. So I just started bumbling around asking friends, family, and other people, hey, why don't I loan money from you and I'll pay you 12% interest, six month term. They're like, oh yeah, that's great. All of a sudden I could buy that house. And then I did it again and again. <laughs> so the first thing is like, uh, even knowing that you can raise, you can, other people are willing to invest money with you so you can do stuff. And then, and then- That's all an amazing to- concept, by the way, because <laughs> it, I, is, it's it, it happened to me by accident, right? I mean, I was like, I'm the same way, but I mean, I asked the guy asking for his help like I thought he knew some people that could help me, right? And he, yeah. and he ended up saying, hey, I'm the guy. I want to give you my money. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then, this was like a huge light bulb moment for, for me. And now syndication is a little more, I guess, a little more sophisticated, but the idea is still the same. The only difference is, um, is I need to now know how to do it. <clears throat> I, and, and I can create a system around it, which I kind of worked out, you know, as you talk to people, well, what is the process for you know, raising money. And there's a system around like with anything. And all you, if once you see the system, you're like, oh gosh, I can do that. I mean, I can do it at least once. And if I can do it once, I can do it 
two times. And so again, it's a matter of, of educating yourself. And then as soon as you educate yourself, just doing it, you know, doing it, yeah. doing it, doing it. But those are the two main things at the core of it is educating yourself and then just doing it, starting to analyze deals. So, um, yeah, you, you say you don't need a ton of money, right? Like that's, that's, well, that's theoretically, the biggest, you, don't, yeah. you don't need any money. Now, if you have some money, it helps short circuit some things. For example, if, if you have some money, the first thing I would do is invest in some kind of education. That is the most best five, 10, whatever, $15,000 you can ever spend is that because it's going to, it's going to fast track your, your success and your goals and yeah. cut down on, on your mistakes. But it also helps things like putting a deposit on something or, or paying for the attorney to review a contract. Because if you can't put on a contract, you don't have the money for an attorney. Now, you can raise all this money. I've seen people raise money to join my program, for example, which I don't particularly advocate. But this particular individual was very, very resourceful and subsequently did a, a deal within three months afterwards. So, okay, it worked out. I don't advocate going into debt. All I'm saying is, you know, having a little bit of money helps just to get things into it. But theoretically, you can raise money for any of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like I look at the deals that I do now, um, you know, I usually upfront a lot of the earnest and things like that, but as I totally fund my deal, I'll get all my money back. Right. Yeah. Because right. for me, the, you know, as a, as a sponsor, the bank wants to see liquidity. Right. So I always, and people are like, well, how much money do you got in the deal, Corey? It's funny. Like sometimes you get investors, they, they look yeah. at how much money do you got in the deal? And then sometimes you're like, well, after we, re- we get all the money funded, uh, it'll be zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I have two hundred fifty thousand dollars out in deposit, uh, earnest money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and I've got three or four deals, and the banks require me to have a, a, you know a million dollars in liquid assets. Right. Right. And so you know, there's an important uh, storytelling there. But you know, I think more importantly, what you and the reason you created your education uh, platform and your podcast and things like that is is to is to give back in a way. I mean, like you you've blazed a trail that works. And the power of mentorship is important in my, it has in my life. What about you? Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I feel, I feel strongly, I, what I really care about is, is the financial freedom aspect of it. And I see it in my own experience. When, when you're working 50 plus hours a week, your, your brain is con- consumed with work and followed by uh, family. You come home, you're exhausted, you know, you got to put the kids to bed, you kind of fall asleep in front of the TV and you get up and you try to do it again the next day. And, you know, when I have tried to have a conversation with people, you know, what is your true passion? What is your purpose in life? People go, what the hell are you talking about, Michael? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You're, you're so far removed from my reality right now. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's frustrating, right? Because as I grapple with my own financial freedom, what do I do? You know, I want to have companions to talk about this. And it's hard to find people like that. On the other hand, I observe people that have become financially free, of which if you are one, and I have found that most, the vast majority of people that have become financially free after a, a state of confusion for several months of what, what do I do now, they typically start giving back in some way. They start serving others. They, they write a book or they do a podcast or they put on training programs so that others can do what they have done. And I'm thinking more people should be able to do that. And since I've tried so many different things and I've had many false starts, I was a, a, a semi-retired for about three and a half years to the restaurants when it was working but it wasn't permanent enough. Yeah. So, well, my blueprint is in this, in this book now, right? It's, it's this, this, yes. Hey, you know, if you, if you want financial freedom, I'm kind of like your crash test dummy, right? So I've yeah. done this, I've done this. Here's, this doesn't work. Here's why this doesn't work. And here's why, but here's what worked. And here's why, and here's how I did it. Because I think you can replicate that within two to three years. And now you can, 
You're also financially free. You will go through a six months uh, period of confusion about why you're home at 2.30 in the afternoon. And then all of a sudden, your brain starts filling in with larger thoughts. Yes. And I'm just thinking we in, in the United States have the luxury and the options to do that if we just make the right decisions. Amen. I mean, the, op- the playing field is wide open. And, and really, in America, we do have that luxury of you can start from anywhere. Like you start from a little, start from something or, or, or a lot. You can still grow to whatever your potential is, but you got to believe it first. And a lot of times you have to educate yourself. And so let's, let's talk about your book, man. So put that up because we do this on YouTube well. So I want to make sure everybody sees it. It's called Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. Now, it doesn't say multifamily. No. Tell, tell me why. Well, because, because I've tried it so many times before actually writing the title of this book. Hey, I think you should get in, uh, in the apartment building investing. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. But, 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 and I don't want someone to, to go to the book. Oh, no, no. I'll read that in six years <clears throat> because it's horse manure, as my son likes to, likes to say. It's, it's actually not correct. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want you to discount the ability of you to become financially free in the next one to three years because it, it requires apartment buildings. Because I spend like the first third of the book making the argument of why you're thinking about it is actually incorrect. So I'm trying to shift your mind. Yeah. And then I spend the other two thirds of the book showing you how to do it. And at the heart of it, Corey, is your first deal. And we've talked yeah. about this offline before, and I call it the law of the first deal, which is so powerful and, and so interesting to me that, that I just, uh, I focus all my efforts on the first deal because and I've studied this now extensively, and you're an example of that. Literally, 99% of my podcast guests are also, they, they do their first deal, and it could even start with a duplex. Yeah. And it takes a really long time. It's always the smallest. It's the hardest to do. And then the second one comes within weeks of the first, and then the third and the fourth. And within three or four deals, that's it, they have replaced their income. They're done, right? They can it's, be like, I could be retired because... It's staggering to me. And, and I, that's why I call the law the first deal. I have like a dozen stories in here on different people having experienced the same phenomenon, which is very encouraging because now you sitting in your cubicle going, oh, I want to get out of this cubicle. You're not thinking I need to have a thousand units. No. How overwhelming is that? I would, never, I would never even get started on that. If I can convince you to do a single duplex and you do a duplex, you've triggered the law of the first deal. And the second deal is going to be a 10 unit. And the third deal is going to be a 25 unit. And then the one after that is going to be a 50 to 60 unit. And after that, you know, it's going to be 150,000 unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so all I got to do is, is, is convince you to do the smallest deal that you can wrap your head around them and then arm you with some kind of resources to get you over that finish line. Because once I do, you're done. You'll become yeah. a magnet. I mean, yeah. Marcus will start calling you. Your investors that were on the fence before will go, oh my gosh, he's done a deal. He's real. I'm in before I missed the he's next one. He's a real guy. He's really doing multi That's right. right. And you become this magnet. Uh, and, and then it just, uh, it just uh, skyrockets after that. And so I find that very encouraging. And that's Doesn't kind of it work just like that, though? I mean, so I know this. I know it to be true. I know that. And, and so for listeners that are listening to this podcast right now, because I, I, I think sometimes you know, they're like, man, does that really happen? You know, can you, you're an example of it. I'm an example. You're writing a book about it. It's the truth, guys. Like all you got to do, arming yourself with some education, first step, right? And then following through and just doing what it says. Like, it's not that hard, especially when there's a roadmap and and what you've done. I like the way you said it, Michael, is that you've created a roadmap. You started with the argument first, and then you actually come back in the, net, the later parts of the book, two thirds of the book, you start giving the examples of how to, right? 
Well, because I, otherwise, if I tell you how to do uh, the five steps to your first deal, and you don't even believe that you could do it, you're still st stuck in, I, hey, let me flip houses for five years. You're not listening to me, right? Yeah. I need you to get past, I need to shift your mind first to kind of say, oh, so what you're telling me is I can overcome my lack of experience. I can learn how to raise money. Okay, now I'm interested. Okay, yeah. but before people kind of go, la, 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 I can't hear you because there's no way I can see myself doing that. So it really requires a mind sh mindset shift before you can get someone down, down the next path. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, it's funny. I just shared, um, I had a Facebook post that's six years old, right? It was, and it was, I bought my first apartment, I think six or seven years ago. And in that video, I was saying, hey, listen, I used to wish I could own an apartment complex. Two <laughs> and, I, and, I, I, and I say in that video, which is six years old, or the, uh, I go, two years ago, I started to start believing that I could. Wow. And, um, and so, I, you know, I actually went to, Dave Lindell was my mentor, and I, and I went to his boot camps. And it took me a whole, almost a year and a half to get my mind ready, mm. right? But, like, it's funny, once I said, I'm ready, and then I, and I started, and I believed in myself. And my, I, th I believe I can do this. Then it happened. You, you bring up a very good point. And I have studied people, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out why, does someone, why is someone successful and take action versus the other person is not successful because they didn't take action. Like, this fascinates me. And I've, 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 I've traced it down to a moment of time. And most people that have uh, taken uh, action, have been successful, can track it back to a time where they have decided. Like kind of like you did, and I don't know if I asked you on our podcast what that moment was, but they can trace it to a particular moment in time where they say, and now enough is enough. I can no longer continue on this path another year, another two years, another five years. If I don't do something right now, it is so unacceptable to me. And they've come to the conclusion that multifamily is the way to go. And so in actuality, I don't say it in a book really, in actuality, the law of the first deal is triggered at that moment. It's not actually triggered when you do your first deal. It's triggered at that particular moment. Um, because I track the case studies. Actually, I do write about it. I, I track the, the, the clock I start, start at that moment, not when they do their first deal, because if you track it from that point, it's typically six to 12 months from the first deal in actuality. Because what happens is the first deal might take a year to do. They'll do the next two in the next 12 months. That's three deals, typically around 100 units or more. And they've replaced their initial income and they quit their job. So it's really that decision point. Uh, yeah. What was it? I mean, what was it for you? Do you remember? I mean, yeah, well, it's very crystal clear. I, uh, I, my son had said, hey, dad, are you going to be at my game? And, as, and I said, yes, and you can count on me. It was a Saturday, but I had to go look at three uh, fix and flip properties and mm -hmm. I missed his game. I got there right at the end wow. and he, you know, came off the field and he, and he started crying and he's like, dad, you promised. And, you know, here I was supposed to be a successful fix and flipper guy and I seemed successful to the public, but inside I was a train wreck. And that brought it so home. And my son was just crying and sobbing, you know, because he really wanted me to be at the game. And I felt like a horrible dad. Yet kids are resilient. He jumped in the truck with me and I was driving home and I passed an apartment complex. And it's the one I've, I've passed many times before. I used to say, I wish I could own an apartment complex. And that day as I drove past it, I knew because I read Rich Dad Poor Dad too, right? And I, it was just was like cash flow was what would set me free, not fix and flip, not selling quick profits. And when I, and I saw so that day, I said, how can I? How can I own an apartment complex? I knew my mind would figure it out, but I was like, today's the day. And I went and bought, I turned around, I dropped my son off, went to Barnes & Nobles, bought some books, and, and I was ready. And I knew that that was, 
Like that was, it was the change. And, and I think the difference is, and actually we did talk about it in our, on our podcast. Now remember, and the difference between uh, you have truly decided, like in your heart, you've decided that is unacceptable. You can't, you can't look your son in the eye again in that way. Yes. Um, and, and so I've noticed that people who truly decide right then and there, you can't help but take action. Oh, I had to. <clears throat> like you had to. There's no other choice. And I, and I observe also people who don't take action. They don't buy the book. They don't go to a seminar. They don't do X, Y, and Z. They haven't truly decided because their current situation actually isn't so bad. Plan B ain't so bad. Yeah. And for you, plan B actually was pretty bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that is a, that is a fascinating uh, aspect of what you just said too, because I've never looked at it from that point of view. But if you look at successful people and we talk, right, everybody has that same story like there was a time and yeah. then something happened for you you almost lost your uh, net worth and everything in the restaurant business and it got you to a point where you had to make a choice right and you did and then you went on and you figured it out yeah wow. that's right in fact I that's have a, powerful I have, bro i have a sign here <clears throat> if you can see this it's a i don't know if it's backwards or not it's a it's a tony robbins quote it says it's your moments it's your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped and we give this to our coaching students because I think it's so pivotal. Yeah. Uh, and it really is a decision. Everything flows from that. Your, your why, your, your, your actions, everything you do from that point. And you're just a great, uh, great example of, of that. Well, you have no choice but to take action. Yeah, and you I have think, to. I think yeah. it's so powerful. Anybody, I think the fun, most fundamental advice really is to decide, right? If someone wants to do it, is to decide and really, really decide. And, you know, if your current life isn't so bad, you know, why bother? There's yeah. no reason for you to spend thousands of dollars, read a bunch of books, go through it, if you haven't truly decided. On the other hand, if you have, everything will somehow materialize in some way. Everything all of a sudden is possible, and there's no real room for excuses or anything like that because, because you've already decided what's going to be. Yeah, so you're saying like that the first thing, the, like focus on that first deal. That's your main focus. Like, listen, That's right. If you, cause you've, you know that once you get people to the first deal, Everything else will open up for him, right? That's right. Yeah, and I used to I used to belittle the small deal, Corey, right? Yeah. I, because I understood the, the economies of scale. I, and right. I, I knew... And I, I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I mean, when I did my first deal, which for me at the time was big, it was a 12-unit deal, and I was so overwhelmed looking at this three-story brick building, and I was so nervous. And then I got into due diligence, and 10 days later, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish this thing were bigger. Because I understood that doing a 30-unit building was going to be the same amount of work as a 12-unit building, Yeah, but I, I can make more money. The only difference is, is I, have, I had now had to raise more money, which is, a, which is a real problem. But anyway, the point is, I used to belittle small deals, but the more and more I studied this thing, I, the more and more I saw that people achieved the same goal between one and two years, with starting with a duplex. Yeah. Small, because of this progression, I just talked to the 2, 10, 20, 50 plus. That progression is almost, it's like it's, it's almost always the case, that progression. So if, you're, if, if the idea of a 10 unit scares the crap out of you, then I will push your, try to push your comfort zone to a 10, 20, whatever. But if, before you give up, I'd rather you have a du do a duplex because I know once you do that, the 10 is going to follow the 25 and the 50 afterwards. So right. before you, then do a duplex. Yeah, get get into a deal that's, that's right. not a single family. Like do because right. it starts yielding cash flow, and then you start understanding that it starts feeling good. You're like, ah, oh, this this is the way, and then you start ascending. I think to like, okay, well, once you realize the scale, then how do I do more? Right? How do I do more well, in one spot? 
Well, let's look at your example. What was it? What was your progression? Now, yeah, I know you well, started a little, a little, a little higher, but my first one was 144 units, <clears throat> right? So I'm not a great, a great case study, but but that was only because, and the real reason it was is because I was doing so much single family fix and flip that I had raised a lot of private money. That's right. Right. And so I had the experience with raising capital that I knew, and I, 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 I got it. I'm like, hey, I could probably do this deal because my money just needs to be placed anyways. Right. Right. But I mean, once, once you understand that concept, I mean, I never went back. I was like, oh, I did it. Let's just keep doing that. Right. But even in my life right now, I'm doing 10 to $20 million deals where my first one was a $3 million deal. It's the same thing, but different. As I like saying, it's the same thing, but different, right? You start at whatever entry point you can wrap your head around. And then the second time around, it's, it's bigger because, because your comfort zone has expanded your ability to uh, to raise money has expanded. And so logically, you're going to get into bigger, bigger deals. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So the, the first 30 day focus, like for you kind of have an education program, kind of give me a, an idea of what your first, like first 30 or 60 days with, with people, what, what do you try to get them to? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have set expectations. You now people always want, you know, what, what, how can I get results in 30 days? It's difficult to do with this because we're talking yeah. about a one to three year retirement plan versus a 40-year retirement plan. So it's really, really fast, but it takes a little longer than the average, you know, pill you might, you might take. But really, we set expectations where look, really focus on a deal that takes 12 months to do. And yeah. you want to pick a deal that's both meaningful on the one hand and achievable on the other hand. So for example, if you're making $120,000 a year, you probably have some money and you probably know people with money. So buying a duplex will be very achievable, but not very meaningful. Okay, so right. maybe pick a 10 or 20 unit. Right. Versus, uh, you know, we had a UPS driver who was making $48,000 a year, replacing $4,000, you know, a picking a duplex was just a great entry point because he picked a duplex, did a 10 unit and a 15 unit and he was done, right? Yeah. So, so pick something between the two. And so the first, <clears throat> the first 30 days is kind of what kind of where you get yourself ready. So that's where you, you complete your course or seminar, whatever you do. Then you become very clear about your first deal in two ways. Number one, size and geography, right? So yeah. where's the deal going to be and how big is it going to be, right? And if you, know, if you know those two, you can do the third thing, which is you can create what I call the sample deal package. The sample deal package is something that you use for at least a couple of reasons. One, the primary purpose is to start raising money. Yeah. Because when someone tries to raise money, they're like, oh, Michael, I don't have a deal on a contract, so how am I going to get investors? And then they go, oh my gosh, I got lucky and someone accepted my offer. Now I have 45 days of close. I can't raise money that fast. So they can't solve this problem. The way we saw it with a sample deal package is a real investor package based on a real deal that approximates what you're looking for as your first deal. And then you use that as a conversation piece yes. to go out to your investors. Hey, if I found a deal like this, how interested would you be? They'll say, oh, what is multifamily? Why should I invest in that? Why should I invest with you? And they ask you all these questions that might take you weeks to get them comfortable. But then three months down the road, you actually get a deal and you call your investors back and you go, remember that conversation we had two, three months ago? He goes, yeah, well, I got a real one. He goes, oh, all right. Well, send me your deal package. Yes. And it looks a lot like the other one. Uh, and they're not going to ask you stupid questions. Like they might say, well, what's the cash on cash? Why is this thing? And, but then within a day, you have your money raised. So you're going to create your sample deal package third. And then fourth is you're going to analyze at least five deals. Yeah. And the reason we have students analyze at least five deals is because it's the, it's the fundamental skill you need for everything else. Yes. Uh, it raises your confidence up. It, obviously, it's required for you to make offers. And so when you do all these four things, typically in four, five, six weeks, you are now educated to the point where you don't sound like a complete idiot and you can go into phase two, which is um, 
uh, which is essentially uh, you being released into the world. So for 60 days, you're going to do three activities. You're going to analyze deals. You're going to build your team and you're going to meet with potential investors. Yeah, find one. Yep. <clears throat> That's all you do for the next 60 days, regardless of outcome, regardless of what the deal looks like, regardless of if the investor has money, doesn't have money, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> you're going to do all three. Yeah. And that, we do that just to take the pressure off. Now, the people that do that, they will all, they will all actually, they will, there will be an outcome or result. They will have their yeah. team ready to go. They will probably have a pipeline of deals and a pipeline of investors. Yep. And then the next nine months is basically reserved for doing your first deal. And so people will, you know, put an LOI, they might get on a contract, they might fall out of contract. And hopefully during those nine months, uh, they will end up doing their deal. So that's kind of the, the progression from yeah. you know, zero to a first deal. Well, you know, here's what's funny too. So, and I know this to be true. And like, so, you know, how many deals does it take to be successful in multifamily? Sometimes it's just one, right? I mean, you know, you get your smaller ones to get you in the game and get you started. But, you know, you find a 50 or 60 unit deal, you can like almost sometimes be financially free at that point. Yeah. Right. Where you replace your income. And um, that's been my truth. I don't know about you, but like, and, and so, and, and I always say this too, what if it only took, what if it took five years, right? Like, and I know that's a long, I'm just saying a long period of time, but in my mind, like if you, in five years, if you were walking around, like you, you started your, your process, you got some deals and then you started doing one big deal a year, right? One, I'll say 50 unit or more a year, right? If you did that for five years in a row, you would be so set financially that I think you, like, you would be living like most people could never live at that point. Agreed. And five years is not a long time on the one hand. On the other hand, it's a really long time. Yep. Um, the good news is that the people I've studied, it, t- it took them one to two years from yeah. the time they've decided. And it's very rare that it takes longer than that. Now, I say yep. three to five years throughout my book just to kind of be a little more conservative. But honestly, the truth is it takes one to two years <clears throat> yeah. from, the, from the time you decide. For the reasons I just said, it takes you 12 months to do your first deal. And then you're going to do two deals in year two which yep. are progressively larger. Most, most people will have replaced they're their income. They're done then, right? Yeah, they're done and then. It, and that is staggering to me, Corey. I mean, how can you go from, from W-2 job to essentially financial freedom in, in a period of, say, let's say, no more than two years? Yeah. I don't know any other business that can, that can do that. I think I was talking legacy wealth. Because <laughs> I mean, in my, my mind, like, I really believe what you just said is two years, you can be totally done done with your job. And then you and build then, your legacy. And, and, and then, that's right. And have a legacy at five. Like, at five years, you're doing the same thing. Like, cause you, you're going to enjoy what you do. I mean, listen, that's right. This is not hard. Once you get it built and you have your team, then it's, it's not so much work. If you did one, if all you did was one good deal a year and like, that's work. I mean, I don't know what else, you know, that I mean, I'm like, that's, I, I, I love this. I, I love this, this idea of legacy, Corey. And that is why I like the title of your, of your podcast. Yeah. When you're first sitting in the cubicle, you're not thinking legacy so much. I mean, some do, but most don't. Yeah. Most just want to get out of it. But there comes a time when, when the, the probability of you leaving becomes real. Yeah. And you start thinking about what's next. And I think the, the aspect of legacy is really, really interesting because you can really create a legacy. I'm always fascinated. You know, we have a, we have, we have a best in the final on a $38 million apartment building. And the guy selling that, dude, even that with that one deal, th- there's a legacy in one deal right there. It's like a 512-unit thing. And he's, I'm sure, I don't know, but he probably has more than that. Yeah. And even if he does one deal, if he had to bought in one deal every year for the last 10 years, oh my gosh, 
that, I mean, the legacy aspect, it's so incredible. And you know what? You can do so much good with that. Forget your, oh, you're, gosh. Your, you're taking care of your kids and your family and your family's family. And, and at this point you can say, my gosh, what else can I do? Right. How can I be the Bill Gates of the world? If yes. I so many how resources? can I give it all back? Right. Oh my gosh. Cause if That's, you're good at, if, if you're good at buying apartment buildings, well, keep doing it. Keep doing it and turn it into a nonprofit funding engine of some sort. I mean, just a, it's just amazing, the possibilities. It never stops, right? That really is, cool. I, I think that's why we both love this business because once you, once you figure out that we're truly playing Monopoly, right? Because uh, as soon as we all know that we should have the red hotels, right? The apart, I call them the apartments. And when you realize that and you start finding that it's true, when you start, when you believe that it's true, that's when your life will start changing because like you said, you will make the commitment and things will be different from there. The, the lens has changed and um, it's a great place. Don't you agree? That's fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't agree yeah. more. So listen, how do people um, get a hold of you? How do they find you? I am at uh, the michaelblank.com. That's T H E my name, Michael Blanc, B L A N K uh, or just uh, Google apartment building investing. I should be all over uh, uh, Google. And uh, then this book is called Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. It's out on, on Amazon. And um, really excited about, about this. Normally, I would tell people to download my free ebook. And I'm also excited about that. But really That's excited a real about book. That. You wrote that book, huh? It took me a year to write. It's a, it's a fairly substantial read. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. It will, it will not only bend your mind, but will really show you very specifically. And the other, as I have a companion course that comes with this stuff, because I wanted to add, this book probably should be about 500 pages. And instead, I put it into a separate course with video and stuff like that. Um, because when I want to reference, hey, this checklist or, or the 90-day plan that we talked about, well, I want to give you a template. So yeah. I, I spent probably almost an equal amount of time creating this, uh, this compliment. The back end for so it, all the things it, to compliment it, right? It probably took way longer than, um, <laughs> way longer than it should have. And it probably should be priced at uh, $1,000. But it's only, I don't know, whatever it comes out between $0.99 cents and $9.99 uh, at the moment. So... Um, Perfect. You should go and like, if you've not, go get the book right now. Uh, so, go get the book right now. Yeah, we'll make sure we have it in the show notes for you as well. Yeah, um, where, to, where, where to get your book. That's an amazing, dude, you, you just have an amazing story and that you're giving back and creating uh, others to do it as well. Uh, as an educator myself, I mean, when you get in this business, you have success to give it away to, to help shape new lives. Is that not one of the most funnest things in the world? It is. It is fun. When you it, see it people fun. change, like the change, it's yeah. fun. And the most satisfying thing is to actually see someone change. You know, someone that takes your analyzer or your course, you know, quietly does a first deal you learn about, you say, good job, good job. You know, and then a year and a half later, hey, man, I just, uh, I just quit my firefighter job, you know. Thank you. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Where's that bell? I need to ring this bell. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's so cool to see that. Um, anyway, just that's the most satisfying thing to me. Yeah, is me to too. get someone to take action and then change their life in that in that way, and then they will in turn uh, become a contributor. And and I just I just love that it keeps keeps just giving back. Cool. Hey man, well thank you again for your time coming on this podcast uh, and and spending some quality time and giving us some good nuggets and really just giving that whole story and a roadmap. Uh, guys, I'm going to tell you right now if you, if you're listening to this podcast right now. You've got to go get that book. I, I already know. I mean, uh, Michael's very detailed. You said he's already an analytical. If you, I mean, that's what the book you want to get. You want to get someone from that perspective because there's going to be choice nuggets in it for reals. But and, and, and as, if you guys listen to my podcast, you know this, that I believe just what and Michael said, it reference it. 
when you start to believe it with your mind, right? Anything is possible, but you've got to you got to believe it first, and that will make your paradise possible. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you.